My name is Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor here at Trinity Anglican in Atlanta, Georgia. And today is Wednesday of Holy Week. And we're going to read a passage of scripture from the Bible and then pray and spend a little bit of time here at the beginning of our day thinking about the word of God and what the Lord would have to say to us. But first, let's read Mark 12. Then he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watchtower. And then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the season came, he sent a slave to the tenants to collect from them his share of the produce of the vineyard. But they seized him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. And again, he sent another slave to them. This one they beat over the head and insulted. And then he sent another, and that one they killed. And so it was with many others. Some they beat and others they killed. And still he had one other, a beloved son. And finally he sent him to them saying, they will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and the inheritance will be ours. And so they seized him, killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. When they realized that he had told this parable against them, they wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowd, so they left him and went away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the beauty and power of the Bible. God, we thank you for this holy week. We pray that you would give us grace to sit with these weird, strange words, this odd story that Jesus tells. We pray that we would think deep thoughts this morning, thoughts that would help carry us through our day. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to unpack this scripture for us here in a way that will actually maybe prove useful to us as we walk closer and closer to Good Friday and Holy Saturday and Resurrection Sunday. First things first, God is the owner of the vineyard. The text very clearly gives us a template for how God works. He plants the vine. He builds the fences to protect. He creates, a digs out a wine press. And fourthly, he establishes a watchtower. And then he invites tenants to tend the vineyard. Uh, we are the tenants, uh, humans, uh, people who would live in that space and whose job it is to cultivate it. We don't own the vineyard. We're meant to tend it, to tend to what the owner has built and established. So God owns, we work. God owns, we steward. But sometimes it doesn't seem like God is all that nearby, all that close. And this passage implies distance, that God does all this work and puts us to work. And then uh, the people who are doing that work are not always aware of the presence of the owner. Uh, the text actually uses language that can be a little troubling for us. God in another country could sound like God is off doing something else. But Jesus is simply telling us a story here to let us know that the Lord is actually the one in control, but we've been given a responsibility to steward. But we all know what it feels like to have the experience of being on our own for a season, of feeling like we've been left to work things through without 
a sense of nearness or maybe an awareness of God's presence. And some of us right now, that's exactly uh, the space that we're occupying. We feel like uh, we believe in you, Lord, but where are you? And these tenants are working this vineyard and maybe looking up and thinking, well, where is he after all? I don't see him. I don't sense him. I don't experience him. And when I read this passage and I was trying to sit with that idea of what would it feel like to be uh, unaware of God's nearness in, in other parts of the Bible, and my mind went to that time where Jesus had fed that multitude of people and he told the disciples, you guys go on over to the other side of the lake and I'm going to dismiss the crowds. And we know in that story that Jesus went up a mountain after dismissing the crowds and he spent time in prayer and then he walked out on the water in the middle of the night to his friends. And we know that while Jesus was apart from them, those friends encountered a storm and during the midst of, in the midst of that storm, during their, their struggle, they developed tunnel vision. You know, they're just focused on the problem. They're focused on getting the job done. And so they don't recognize Jesus immediately when he comes to them. And I've been thinking about my own life, you know, when God is not evident to me, when he doesn't seem experientially near, it's tempting for me to begin to uh, act like and think like, I guess that's just all my responsibility. I've got to figure all this stuff out on my own. And maybe that's where you are right now. Just thinking, well, I guess I'm not sensing God, so I've got to just get down to it and figure things out on, on my own. And so the owner, ultimately, still in charge, still involved, still aware, essentially says, now, I want what's mine. Um, I want revenues. I want proceeds from the fruit. And we would ask the question, like, well, what belongs to, to the owner in this story? And the owner would say, everything belongs to me. Uh, and, and this reality of absence in the story, uh, or seeming absence, uh, would, would imply probably that the tenants would have felt like the owner was unaware, but we know that the owner is not unaware because he actually knows exactly when it's time to bear and collect fruit, when fruit would have been born and wine would have been made. And this is really important, y'all. God wants fruit from you and me. Uh, that's the purpose in part of the story that Jesus is telling. You were made to tend to and cultivate and to produce fruit. And I want us to remember this. The owner, God, has already created an environment, the vineyard, that's conducive to bearing fruit and cultivating wine. And so let's just sit with some of these ideas. He planted the vine, not, not the tenants, not us. He put a boundary around the vine yard for protection to give it a sense of space, a sense of limitation, a sense of uh, security. We're told that the owner, God, dug the wine press. He cultivated and carved out that space where fruit is put under pressure. Uh, it's put underfoot, literally, to create juice, which is then fermented through a process so that it would become delightful juice, wine. And I've been thinking about that lately. Uh, God has dug out the wine press meant to be the place where fruit becomes even more useful in my life. And that's also true in you. And yet wine presses are messy places. They're places where the fruit is lost. It's, it's crushed in order to become something more delightful than just a grape. The Father creates that space. Um, it's his work 
to create that space. The, the father, the owner, also builds a watchtower, the place where workers are meant to stand guard and to protect the work of fruit creation and wine producing. And the father, the owner, puts us to work. He calls people like you and me to be those who tend and cultivate our lives and our landscape of relationships and our environments to be uh, places of fruit bearing. But y'all, we cannot give in to the temptation to begin to believe that we own the place. And I think this is a real challenge for all of us because when I begin to believe that I own my vineyard, that I'm actually in charge, I oftentimes then resent things being asked of me. And whenever I feel resentment coming on, I can rest assured that I'm acting like I own things. I'm behaving as if I own things that are not ultimately mine. And maybe right now you're dealing with some resentment, feeling like, why do I have to take care of those babies? Or why do I have to work remotely? Or why do I have to deal with all the things that I'm having to deal with that are so very uncomfortable? We're all called to take care of things. Uh, we're all called to be responsible agents. And the tenants were called to be responsible agents. And yet... They begin to behave as if uh, they don't answer to anyone. And so in this story, they beat up people sent, servants sent by the owner. And, you know, if you read the Bible and, and, and understand the landscape of what Jesus is talking about, he's speaking directly about the prophets. Even recently, people like John the Baptist, who had come to tell the truth, who had come to say, God requires something of you and me. And uh, these tenants did not want it, so they beat him up. And Jesus is alluding very clearly here to how we've treated the prophets throughout the ages. So we kill our prophets. Um, it's what we do. Um, we, we silence people who are putting and laying a claim on, on us, on our lives, telling us we're responsible. And so in this story, the owner says, well, I'll send my, my, my son, my only son, and Jesus comes. And in the story, they kill him. Uh, we kill him. Uh, the tenants attempt a hostile takeover. It's, it's like what Johnny Cash and Bono said uh, one time as they, they sang a song together. We want the kingdom. We want the vineyard, but without God in it. We want the farm, but not the owner. We want the fruit, but not someone who would collect or be uh, one who exercises authority over us. And we have to remember that Jesus himself is telling this story. Uh, the cross is near. Um, he can feel it. And he ends this teaching with these words, uh, the stone that the builders have rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The whole house is built around Jesus, but sometimes I still behave as if I own the place. And I bet you do too. I, I bet for many of us right, right here, right now, we are feeling those feelings of pressure and tension, even resentment, and that resentment uh, is what comes out when you don't want someone to tell you what to do. And maybe life right now, uh, God maybe through your circumstances is laying claim to you. Maybe he's telling you what to do. And when we don't want to do what God tells us what to do, it's oftentimes a sign that we're uh, acting as if we own more than we truly own. And I'm just struck with these words that Jesus is our chief cornerstone, that the whole house, the whole structure of my life and the whole structure of this church and the whole structure of the family of God, it's built around him. And yet, if I'm not careful, I, I act like a tenant farmer in the field who looks around and says, nobody tell me what to do. We're about to walk 
down into the darkest days of Jesus' life. Thursday, he'll have his last supper. Friday, he'll be murdered. Saturday, he will sleep alone, dead in a grave. And we need to go there. Let's not rush to the happily ever after. This Wednesday is an invitation for us to begin to prepare our hearts for the darkest days in the darkest week of the darkest season of our year. Let's go with Jesus to the cross. Father, help us. Give us strength. Show us where we are behaving as if we own the place when we don't own this place. We don't own our lives. We don't own our jobs, our responsibilities, our family, our friendships. We don't own even our own bodies. And so God, as best as we're able, we surrender control to you and we ask for your grace and your help. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.